Welcome to the Losing My Culture podcast. We are a group of ladies who are just getting together. We want to chat about different things as it relates to, um, I don't know, mostly spiritual things. But the goal of this podcast, whenever I first started it, was to take things from an American cultural perspective and um, our host culture perspective and kind of see where they differentiate. But then ultimately, we want to look at what the Bible says, like biblical culture. That's kind of the goal. Um, And so, yeah, there are four of us here, and we are talking about calling, um, specifically calling as it pertains to like mission work and missionary life, I guess. So I think it would be good to start out, to me, making a distinction between what is mission work versus what is missionary life. For example, one phrase that I hear a lot is, every Christian is a missionary. Go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? So I've had different conversations with people about this same, and I've heard the same thing as well. I think that all believers are called to go make other disciples and to go baptize them after, you know, uh, receiving Christ because it's Great Commission. You know, in Matthew, we all... Hopefully you've heard that one. So we all do have a responsibility to go share Christ's love and go share the gospel with people. But there is a distinction, I think, between being a good disciple of Jesus and changing your life dramatically to go be a missionary. I think they are two very different things, both needed and both people are called to both. But I think that there is very much a difference. Mm -hmm. So that's my take on it. We had a missionary come speak at our church one time, and she said, um, the question isn't whether or not should I go into missions, it's what's my mission field. And so I think for some people, you were saying the mission work. Like maybe your mission work is to go share at your community in America or wherever you are, in your home state. But I think like being a missionary is a whole different kind of calling to go and like that's your that's your career that's your job that's like you put everything like like where you were and you change everything about your life like you were saying and so I think uh, we're all called to like you were saying share the gospel and maybe that looks like doing it on a short term mission trip with your church or maybe that looks like just doing it in your community but um, there definitely is a difference between like mission work and being a missionary with that's your career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a quote that I've heard a lot of people use from Hudson Taylor. I want to read it real quick. It says, if in the sight of God you cannot stay, I'm sorry, if in the sight of God you cannot say you are sure that you have a special call to stay at home, why are you disobeying the Savior's plain command to go? And the people that I've heard use that quote are of the opinion that every Christian's a missionary. And they use that quote, um, I don't know, kind of to further their point that, but um, I agree with you guys. I, I think that there is a specific calling um, that, God is, that God places on our lives for those of us he wants to be missionaries. And like you said, I like that you said that. It's, it's a job. It, to me, it's like any other vocation. Like I'm not going around saying I'm a pastor. I am a music minister or whatever. Mm-hmm because every Christian should be those things. Um, And so it's hard for me for those people who are like, I know every Christian should be a missionary. I don't agree. 
And um, you mentioned the Great Commission, so I just just one thing to point out. A lot of people will say the Great Commission tells us to go and make disciples. And I don't know. This is, again, I'm not a biblical scholar, but like my thought when I read that is Jesus is talking to his disciples, telling them to go and make disciples. So to me, when I read that, it's very specific to Jesus calling out his disciples to go and be cross-cultural missionaries or apostles. And, and that's probably the closest word that we can find in the Bible to missionary, I guess, um, is one who is sent out. But I don't know. That's my opinion on on that verse that, yes, we should absolutely. I got, I've got to like make the distinction because I don't want to be like that. You know, not everyone should go. I do think that everyone has a responsibility to do something mm-hmm. in regards to mission work. But I agree that I don't think everyone is meant to go because even then you see in the like the New Testament, the churches who sent out the people, the whole church didn't go. They specifically mm-hmm. sent out. Right. People. Yeah, I think sometimes we over-spiritualize it. Like we were saying, like, oh, everyone's called to be a missionary. When, like, you wouldn't say, oh, everybody's called to be a doctor because we need to heal people. You know what I mean? Like, And so I think we can really over-spiritualize things because not everybody's called to a mission. Like, you wouldn't say, oh, everyone's called to- every Christian is called to be a pastor. Exactly. You know, we don't say that. And I think every Christian is called to some kind of ministry, but that might just look like like homeschooling your kids is a ministry. You know what I mean? Like your life should be a ministry, but that doesn't mean every Christian is called to work at a church. And so in the same way, not every Christian is called to give up everything because then who's going to be the light in their community? Who's going to be the light in their home? Like if every single Christian we have goes somewhere overseas, then who's going to show America, you know, or your home or your hometown, the gospel. Um, I guess more of like the distinction of, I'm trying to figure out how to word it, the like being called to do like a short-term mission trip or being called a missionary life. Is there like a way to distinguish that? Like if you go on a mission trip, like, I don't know if that question makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's actually a good segue, I think, to where we were going because I wanted to get back. I wanted to make the distinction to me. I think there is, a, and I think we all agree, there is a distinction between missionary work versus missionary life. And so I think that's a good segue to get back into what we're talking about with calling. So um, I don't know, first, like if, if you were to def- define or describe calling to someone, what would, what would you guys say? How would you describe that in general, in a, as a general term? So God made each of us in his image, but he also gifted us with different abilities and gifts and talents that other people don't have. Um, just use doctor again, if we were all doctors and we had no lawyers, no teachers, no, you know, so he gifted us with those things. So I think calling is the, or the revelation from God or, you know, him telling you or letting you know, because he's planned it all, just what your mission is for your life. You know, whether you are called to be a teacher and just to love your students well, Mm -hmm. or if you are called to a specific age group. Okay, well, if you are called to them, do ministry with them. Mm-hmm. Or if you are called to be a missionary, in my personal experience and my calling, it's understanding what gifts God gave me, where he brought me in in life. And my calling is really the best way where I can glorify him and build his kingdom for him. Mm-hmm. That's my calling. Um, 
That's what it means to me. And also the short-term trips as well. I know many people who did the short-term trips and said, uh, I can do short-term trips, but I don't think I'm called cross-culturally, you know, or to move out of America or to move to an inner city, third world, third world part of America. They don't think that they're called there, but they will gladly give up time to go to a short-term trip. But I also know people who go on a short-term trip and they're like, whoa, this is it. (laughs) Personal testimony, (laughs) you know. So um, just kind of as a side note that one of us, uh, myself actually, I've (laughs) I've been on uh, the mission field for 10, going on 11 years now. Um, One of us is brand new to the field and will be here for about two years. And then the other two of us are more short-termers, you guys will be here for four months total, I think, or something like that. And so there's kind of like this range of how long we're going to be on the field. Um, you know, do we define all of us? Are we all missionaries? Are, are we missionaries? You know, are you, how are we going to define that? And I think that's kind of a gray area sometimes. Honestly, there are times when I get really jealous over the term, especially when I hear people say, all Christians are missionaries. And I'm like, I, like I get the sentiment. You want to be yeah. kind of pushing that, hey, we are, we're all supposed to be doing mission type work. And that's great. I, I agree. But honestly, I um sometimes I get jealous because like you said, it's it's a special calling mm-hmm. and right or wrong, I'm a little possessive of that. But the reason I think the reason is is because it's a distinction. And to me it's very special that God actually called me to do this work. Like mm-hmm. he specifically called me and said, you are gonna go live cross culturally in this location and bring the gospel to the people who are here and train them to do the same for the people around them. And and hopefully one day we'll be sending missionaries from where we are out into the world. But yeah, so I I mean, again, right or wrong, I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit jealous of the term. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to like gatekeep it necessarily, even though it sounds like I am, it really does sound like I am. Maybe I am a little bit, but I mean, like for, for like you guys, honestly, I would consider you short-term missionaries. I would consider you missionaries because you're, to me, you're giving up a significant amount of time. I know this is not calling. I'm sorry. I thought of this. So now I'm like going back to the whole distinction thing, but you were giving up a significant amount of time to come and do this job. Mm -hmm. So to me, you guys are short-term missionaries, but I am curious about each of you. How did you feel led to come on this, I don't want to say trip. I hate using that word yeah. for you guys because you were here for a significant amount. You know, four months is yeah. a still a significant amount of time. How did you feel led to come here? What did God? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually really cool that you asked that because it actually has a lot to do with calling in my life. So I was at a conference where they told us to make a calling statement for our life, like a look back on your life and see how you were led to this moment and your passions and everything. Like, what is it leading you to? And I personally feel led to, like, next-gen ministry, like, youth ministry, student ministry. That's, like, that's what I feel called to. And um, when I made my calling statement, they said, your calling never changes, but your assignment will. And so whether your assignment is to do student ministry in America, where you are, or cross-culturally, or, you know, no matter what, like, that, your calling will always be the same, but your assignment is different. So after I kind of understood that, I came upon this trip, and— it was, you know, an opportunity to do student ministry here. And I felt I felt called to this trip, but I know that I don't feel called to be a missionary. Yeah. And so that's been really interesting for me because, like, I do feel called here, but I don't feel called to 
being a full-time missionary. And so I think being here has helped me grow and like learn great tools I can bring back with me to do student ministry, you know, wherever I am. But coming here has made me feel like assured that I know even though I can make a big impact here and like a kingdom impact here while I'm here, I know that this isn't where God has for me for the rest of my life. And that doesn't mean I don't want to be here, but, you know. It's reassuring, though, to know, like, to have Mm -hmm. some sort of direction. And Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I think some people probably feel guilty, like, oh, I'm going to go do missions for four months. And maybe they have this expectation that this should be what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's okay if it's not. Like, we've got so many, so many people that come through and they're like, no, this is just confirmed that Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. You're still doing work for the kingdom while you're here. And that's great. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I I know we told you when we had our, um, we had like an interview call and I know for sure we told you this. We tell most of the people we talk with, we don't want you here if God doesn't want you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we love you, but we don't want you here if God doesn't want you here because that is just going to be tragic and just awful. And so that's why I think it's so important that, that we talk about calling. Has mm-hmm. God called or at least led you here, even if it's for, for a short term? Yeah, you know, yeah. um, it's important. I don't know. What about you? Mine's a little different as far as calling. Um, the hope is that I figure out a little bit more of my calling when I'm here, if missions is something, because for a long time, just going at least on a mission trip or short-term mission trip has been on my mind and my heart. But over the summer, my pastor had presented it to me, and I was really hesitant because of some things that were going on in my life. But then as soon as I applied, everything fell into place, and I was like, okay, I guess this is where God wants me to go. Like, obviously, every single door opened. Um, So... Luckily, that's this is where I am now. <laughs> so we'll see what happens because, like you said, some people figure out this is not what they're supposed to do with their life, and some people do. So that's what I'm hoping. Awesome. And that's good. I think it's it's necessary to always realize that, yes, we're going to follow God's leading. And like you said, if doors are opening, fantastic. You know, this is not—and it's always—it's good to remember— I'm only here for a little while. This yeah. is not, I'm not moving my life overseas because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm here for a short time because I feel like God is leading me here. And we always anticipate that God's going to speak through these trips to those of you who come and serve with us. So your turn. Yeah. So um, mine was a lot more dramatic, I think. <laughs> um, but I did have different life experiences than the other two. So I am the one going to be staying for a couple of years. So throughout university, I had a plan. I was very much on the path of science and math and to get the most schooling I could and to get really just the best jobs that I could in the best places, and I was very focused on that. I had a ministry job all throughout university, and I loved it, and I just never thought of missions as a life. And I just had the thought of, I'm going to get my dream job, and that's all that matters, and I'll go to a church wherever God puts me, in the city of America, wherever He leads me. (laughs) And boy, was I wrong. (laughs) And so um, that's just how gracious He is to lovingly let you know that you don't have everything figured out. Um, And so later on in university, um, different opportunities popped up to be a part of another ministry organization. Um, It was time for grad school and the rest of your life, and all of my passions were just stripped away. I joined that ministry organization, but then I could not think of something worse than talking about my future and the thing that I once loved. 
And that was just so shocking to me. But then with that organization and with the ministry that I was a part of in college, both of those absolutely wrecked my life for the best. (laughs) And so got to meet more people, got to go to more places. And there was this moment where (laughs) my brain went, so the past, you know, 20 something years, huh? That's all, that's all down the drain, everything I've worked for, huh? And then I just heard him say, yeah, because it was, you were working for the wrong thing. And so it was funny because once I started the process, accepted that's what this part of my life was going to be. And I was just so happy about it. And I had so much joy talking about it, thinking about it, telling people about it. And it was funny because after I realized my calling and I started to share with other people, they said, well, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) So everyone else in my life, like my mentors, my friends, my best friends, uh, some of my family who are believers, they were like, well, yeah. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, so I was the stubborn one. And, um, I think it can, we can have that the scary oh no feeling, but then it's like you have that deep breath and like I'm about to go serve a God who is the God, all caps, right? And that's my calling and he'll just let me know where I need to go. (laughs) And so um, he'll move me around, he'll give me people to help me and he so did. And so that was my calling and it shocked me. (laughs) And so it all started out with, you know, short-term trips or a seasonal ministry job and people, other believer people who become your best friends and become your mentors. All of that added up to where I am right now. I like that you said that talking about other people around you confirming and it's in, in the same, similar, what happened to us as well. And again, short-term mission trip, um, came to the country where we are now to serve with some friends of ours for like 12 days. And that whole trip, God was just pointing out things to me. And it, it seemed like the whole trip, he was just saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And I'm sitting there like, to what? You know, <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> give me some answers. Because up until that point, so backtrack just a bit. When we first got married, um, my husband was very open and said, hey, um, I'm called to missions. I'm, you know, in some capacity, I know for sure that God has called me. And, you know, I had only been, by the time we got married, I'd only been a believer for like four years at that point. So I'm still kind of a baby Christian. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that's cool. Missions, that'd be fun to do someday. Like it was this far off dream that, and I really had no idea what it meant. I was just like, cool, that's awesome. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> um, and so we went, we went about life and, um, you know, went on this short term trip and God's like, pay attention, pay attention. And again, kind of like you, I had my, my life. I'd yeah. gone to university, I was in university. God tells me, quit college. Mm. And I'm like, Nope. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you're thinking, but no. And so I, seriously, I went a whole semester, a whole, a whole nother semester. And my husband comes back from his little, um, you know, they do uh, like winter. I don't know what they call them these days, but you go, you know, take some classes for like a week um, mm-hmm. in between semesters. And so he came back from that and found me just bawling my eyes out. And he was oh. like, oh my gosh, what's yeah. wrong? And I said, God's <laughs> telling me to quit college. And he's like, 
okay. <laughs> and he said, is that why you haven't been like, you know, doing your stuff? I keep telling, I kept telling you, you need to sign up for your classes. And I was like, okay. And I never would do it because I knew God was like, no, you don't need to do that. So I finally, you know, accepted that. Then we went on the mission trip. God's telling me, pay attention. Then we come back from that mission trip and, uh, you know, sitting in church. And it was like end of November, December or something. And uh, we started singing our church. So we're still using hymn books. If any of y'all come from hymn book churches, yeah. shout out. Hey, hey. Um, so we were singing, I love to tell the story. And the second verse, it says, I love to tell the story for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. And that's one of those songs our church sang regularly, but we sang that verse and I sat down in the pew and just bawled my eyes out. I'm telling you, I was just weeping because it was like, God was like, ta-da, here it is, you know, on, on the platter. Here's what I was telling you, you need to pay attention to on this trip because here's what I want you to do. There are people who have never heard and I'm sending you to go tell them. And so again, like after that, it was just like, confirmation after confirmation yeah. and church members saying, um, one of our church members, in fact, I still love this story. She came up to my husband and she said, uh, I don't usually do this, but God has a message that he wants me to tell you. You know, here the message is the time is short. You need to go trust God. And so my husband said, okay. And we already knew. We were like, we are going. We hadn't told anyone yet because we were still kind of praying about um, when, what the next steps would look like. And so uh, she came up. And I think that was God's way of kind of knocking us on the head to be like, I called you. Get going, you know. And so uh, he said, do you know what that means? And she said, I think it means that y'all are supposed to go be missionaries. And he was like, yeah, that's confirmation. And and the same thing. We had other people that were just kind of like, obviously. And so all of that to say, I think it's important to know that whenever God is calling you to something, I think you're going to have that personal conviction and you're going to have confirmation from other believers. Um, I think we've seen, and in my life, I've seen people who they have a desire to do something, but it's like kind of a conviction is there to do something, but they don't have a confirmation. And then when they go to do that thing, it just kind of falls apart because it's like God wasn't really calling you to go maybe spend your life with, you know, doing, being a missionary. Maybe he was calling you for a season. Maybe he was calling you short term, but they were just so excited. Like, I want to do something that they go and they're not really waiting on Mm -hmm. the confirmation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you guys experienced anything like that like do you know people like that that have (laughs) to come come here I've you already asked this like how we got here but this part is also apparently important that I didn't think about um before I came there's somebody in my life that I didn't want to leave that was probably going to keep me from things that God wanted me to do but my friend I had sat down with her and at the time our church was going through the old testament but she sat me down she was like you know she's like your situation like makes me think of Moses when Pharaoh like wouldn't let them go and God had a heart in Pharaoh's heart even though it was horrible and like a painful experience to, for Moses to be able to go and so that's that whole sit down story is kind of why I'm here because I had to let said person go to be able to do what God wanted me to do that's why it took me so long to because I just kept avoiding everything that God wanted because I was like no like I don't think I'm gonna sign up for this trip that's why like a few days before I had to sign up <laughs> this is when I actually finished it. So that was like a huge confirmation moment, something I don't think I'll ever forget, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy. Because I like looking back 
on it now. And like, then I was like, oh, it's just a little conversation. But like, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I'm only here because she was like, you're kind of like Moses right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I love that we, when we have those people in our lives though, because we need those people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important for other believers to let themselves be used by God in that way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like yeah. if you feel like God is pressing something on your heart to tell someone else or whatever, do it. I think some people, you mentioned sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Sometimes I think we under-spiritualize things too. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's so important to listen to God. And if you think, hey, I need to say something to this person, then say it, you know, yeah. because you could be hindering what God's wanting to do in their life. Okay, this is really interesting because I wasn't going to say this, and then you literally just said, say it, and I was like, okay, God, like, I hear you now. (laughs) But this is, like, completely unrelated to why I wasn't going to say it. Kind of a random thought, but I think it's interesting because all I can think of is, like, that day you heard that song in church, like, someone chose that song for that day and probably will never know what they did in your life. I've never thought of that. And so, like, even people who are called to worship ministry or, like, different kinds of ministry, like they have no idea the kind of impact they're making just by following God's plan for them. And so they themselves are not missionaries, you know, like they're worship leaders, but because they followed out God's plan for their life, like they helped confirm a calling in your life and now you've impacted everybody here. So in a sense, they've impacted everybody here too. And I just could not stop thinking that because like, for me back home, like I don't feel called to missions, but like I don't, I've mentored different girls who feel called to missions yeah. Yeah. and I've helped them kind of reassure their calling to missions. And so I may never know the work they do for the kingdom, but I can know that like God used me to help them. And just mm-hmm. the same way someone picked that song that day mm-hmm. and here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a really, I, mm-hmm. I mean, this has been over a decade. I've never thought about that. That's awesome. But I mean, that's so important because again, not everyone's called to go, but everyone's called to be involved in kingdom work in some capacity. And I think that's awesome. The fact that God can use some of us to go, to be goers. Others are senders. Others are just mm-hmm. in general supporters. And like you said, they may never know. I mean, I hope now, when was it? That was 2011. So whoever was the worship leader at our church at that time, I'm sorry, I can't remember, but thank you for (laughs) for choosing that song and helping confirm that for me. Yeah, because there was even someone, I was on a short-term mission trip with the, when I worked for a student ministry, and one of the uh, field partners there, he asked all of the students and leaders, like, um, what would you do for the gospel if you knew you couldn't fail? If money was an issue, like, what would you do? And yeah. yeah, and I had fallen in love with the culture here on a previous trip. And so I said, like, I would want to do student ministry over here. Mm-hmm. And that was when I really started to like, wow, I said that out loud. Like I want like not full time, but like I do want to have some yeah. kind of involvement in that. And then literally the next week I saw this trip and I thought of that conversation and I was like, yeah. I'm going to sign up. Like this is like, awesome. this is crazy for me. And, you know, that guy, he'll probably never know like what he yeah. did in my life. But he was fulfilling God's calling in his life by mentoring the student teams and the short term teams that came and now, like, look at the impact he's had just on my life and everything here. And so I think even if we ourselves aren't called to missions or we ourselves aren't called to a certain kind of ministry, we, you have no idea the kind of impact God can still have on you or through you. Now, I completely agree because part of my story, like I mentioned, the mentors, the best friends, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about it now, the people who helped me the most in my life, never been missionaries, never done anything like that. They work on 
a college campus or in a city in a convention building and have an office job, but they have a responsibility and a kingdom job, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be missionaries that encourage other missionaries. Mm -hmm. Well, we also talked about, you know, whenever we did have our calling, so many doors open, the right doors open that needed to be open and the right doors closed that needed to be closed. But one thing that I didn't mention was the people who I thought were on my side really weren't, you know, and the friends that I thought I had and that I thought would encourage me didn't encourage me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it was, that transition is weird. Like it's not all rainbows. You know, I'm, I'm at peace with my calling, you know, that's between me and the Lord, but I also have a community around me and they don't always (laughs) support (laughs) like they should. Um, Not everyone loves you in the correct way. And I found that out with some family too, you know, Mm -hmm. you get backlash from even family members, you know, but it's that calling that you lean back on. So I just think that was something that I wish someone would have told me as well. You know, whenever, if you do realize that you are called to be a missionary, he's going to open and close the doors, but you may have to experience a little suffering before you get across the pond somewhere, you know, um, or go on that big flight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of us tend to, I don't know, forget or overlook. Well, a lot of times I feel like this is my, I don't know, y'all can confirm or not, not, not for me personally, but um, it seems like a lot of people look at what's written in the Bible and there's certain things that they're like, oh, that's just from Bible times, you know, and we can learn from that. We can make applications from that, but that just is from that time that that's, you know, and so, where was I going with this? <laughs> there was there was a point you said something, and I forgot what was going. I'll probably come back to it later. Anyway, but yeah, I think I think having those people in your life that you can pinpoint. I've got my person that I can pinpoint. She didn't even talk to me directly at the time. That was something mm-hmm. she told to my husband, and then he kind of uh, told me about it. Mm-hmm. Your person, you know, we all have these people who. I think are so important that we can remember how they confirmed our calling and what they said to us to help give us that boost to go. Because we, you do, you have people who are either family members or even church members who are like, uh, you know, whatever missions. And, um, but to always have your calling to fall back on. And I say this all the time, whenever I'm talking about it, if it wasn't for my calling from God, and if I did not know that God still wanted me to be here, I'd be on a plane back to the States anytime, you know, the going got tough, which is often here. Um, and so what keeps me here is not, this is going to sound, bear with me, it's going to sound kind of like, <gasps> you're going to gasp. It is not my love for the country that I live in. Sometimes things happen in the country. I'm like, I just, you know, it's a safe country. We're in a good country. Sometimes things happen that are hard. Power mm-hmm. outages, not yeah. having water. I mean, yeah. there are things that I'm like, life would be so much easier if I was just back in the States. Mm-hmm. It's not any of those things. It is absolutely just God's calling. The fact that I have 
a time that I can pinpoint was back in that pew in my church, listening to those words. And I even have it as a reminder. I don't know if y'all have seen it in my house yet. I've got um, a canvas that I painted with those words on it. Mm -hmm. And that's my reminder. It's like a visual that I can always say, that was my calling. That's whenever God said, you're going to go and do this. Mm -hmm. And until he calls me away, and I'm trusting that it's going to be as clear as it was then, whenever he says, hey, it's time to move on to somewhere else, I'm staying here. It does not matter how hard it gets. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter how many people were like, uh, she's just on a glorified vacation or yeah. how many times <laughs> oh family members are like, so when are you done with your trip? And I'm like, I've been here 11 years. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've raised two children on here on the field. It, you know, um, none of that matters because I've got that calling from God. I've, I've mm -hmm. got that, that little note that I still keep. I have a little box of, you know, keepsakes that has that notes. It says time is short. You need to go trust God. Mm -hmm. So so important, I feel like, to have the confirmation and to remember why you were called, when you were called, how you were called, yeah. and the people that are involved in that. Mm -hmm. That kind of brings up, a, I don't know if this is <laughs> the big question or not, but like the separation between like your passions and your calling. Mm -hmm. So because for me, I struggle with like a lot, having a lot of passions. And that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is like, is one of those a calling? Is one of those just mm -hmm. something on the side note? Because I know like, you're calling him a missionary, but your passion on the side could be like youth or women's ministry. But mm -hmm. so is there any like distinction that you guys had between passions and your calling? I think first um, I wanted to find passion because I heard this one time and I never forgot it. And I think it'll kind of help bring some clarity. But passion, if you look at like the root words and everything about it, it means like to feel so strongly about something you're willing to suffer for it. And so what you, we don't usually hear is that passion actually means, like, suffering. Mm -hmm. And so I think you kind of have to ask yourself, what do I feel so strongly about that I would, like, suffer for this? Yeah. You know, Jesus' passion was his children, like mm -hmm. us, and he definitely suffered for us. Yeah. And so I think um, for me, like, my passion is, like, s seeing students come to know God. Mm -hmm. And, like, sometimes it's not easy, and sometimes they're— a pain and <laughs> definitely um, some challenging times, but I also could see the fruit in it. And so mm -hmm. I think, um, sorry, your question was about like the difference between passion and calling, but um, I think that it does go hand in hand yeah. a lot because you're not going to feel called to something that you, you like completely are not passionate about. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. um, if you have no interest in it, well, maybe you will, you know, God can do whatever. But, um, so I think that you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, what am I so passionate about that? Like I would, I would suffer for this. So like, what, what has God put on your heart that like you would go so hard for? And so for me, it's student ministry. And that's how I know I feel called to student ministry because I have suffered from it and I have had really hard times in student ministry, but never once did I doubt that's where I was supposed to be. I think, um, God can even change your passions to be what yeah. He wants. And I think that yeah. happens so often. I still have um, in me a desire. So whenever I was going to university, um, I started out with biology, and then I what? switched over to, it was great. And then I almost flunked out, and I was like, nope, we're not going <laughs> to do that anymore. Um, but then I started uh, doing stuff with speech-language pathology, and at the time, that was my passion. I worked a job that I was able to help specifically uh, kids with autism and help them with their speech stuff and mm -hmm. things like that. And so anyway, 
Um, at the time, that was my passion. Then God called me to something different. And though I still enjoy the idea of helping in that way, that's no longer my passion. He has completely changed it. And um, honestly, for me, I would say my biggest passion, the thing that I'm willing to suffer for, is mobilizing other believers to do the work. Just whatever it is you are um, equipped and gifted in in the kingdom, I want to help you be able to do that better. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely changed because that wasn't even on my radar before God called me, even before we got to the field. We worked in you know ministry positions and even still, it was just kind of like, okay, here's what we do. And then we got overseas and I began to see um, the people here and the people back in the States. There's just such a need for people to be good mobilizers. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I think there's a good, I think God can use, absolutely can use what you are passionate about to um, call you. But I also think he can completely do a cut break mm-hmm. and make you passionate for something else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because like, that's part of my testimony of a calling because I would, had such a deep, deep, deep desire just to go as far as I could in the area of education that I loved. And I'm still a science nerd, geek, whatever, yeah. all of those things. I'm proud of it. God gave me a brain. And it's funny to look back on the things and other opportunities that I had I didn't realize that I also had other passions, but I just so heavily put the worldly one above the others, so heavily. And like the job that he blessed me with, and I was working there for, it was a seasonal job for five years, and I just didn't realize, you know, how much that I loved the type of work that was. I did not... I mean, I realized how much I loved it because I can talk about it all day long, but I didn't realize that that was his way of giving me another passion to then realize my calling. I had no clue. Now, on the flip side, I get it. (laughs) Now that I'm sitting here, you know, this is what I get paid to do. I get it now. But, man, it was... And it was when that I had that oh, no moment. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, I have this, 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 and this. You know, which, which road do I follow? And honestly, it just takes a lot of prayer. I know that's such a blanket statement, but I feel like when we say prayer, we often overlook it a lot, but we don't realize that it's one of the most powerful things that we can do as a human because God is God and we are humans. Um, But He gave us the ability to be able to talk to Him. And so, um, yeah, the passions can change and desires can change. I mean, mine did a complete 180. (laughs) Um, I went to trying to go as far as I could in the field to a position where you get good money and you get good um, experiences to a job where I have experiences. (laughs) Um, And that's it. it. (laughs) Um, And so that even changed, you know. And so, yeah, things can change and things can flip. Um, That may not be very um, comforting (laughs) as an answer, but it's just the truth. so yeah, it's it's crazy to look back and realize the moment where you said, "All right, God, whatever you want, just please let me have my ears open whenever you tell me." It's crazy to look back and then see what all came after that. Yeah. Instead of, "I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this." But instead, switching to, 
I'm listening. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Those answers come so much faster whenever you're like that instead of waiting for the worldly answers when you're yearning for something of the world. And I think anyone that you talk to um, who truly is following what God wants them to do, if you ask them, do you regret any of it? I don't know a single person who would say, I regret it, Um, because they are in the will of God, whether it be for a season, whether it be for a short time, um, whether it be for years and years, for their whole life even. I think that God has a specific way of calling people. And, and, you know, this could go, calling is such a broad thing. I mean, it can be, like I said, it could be for a season. It could be for, you know, here's your job that I want you to be at. Here is where I want you to go. Here's what I want you to do. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, just like you said, having that that posture of uh, I'm surrendering to you, I'm listening to you, um, and trying, let's, let's just get rid of everything that the world is telling me and what my own desires mm-hmm. want me to do, and let me give it to you, God. And He comes through. 100% of the time. And I think that's comforting um, that maybe it's not the answers we want to hear or that we think it should be, but the fact that I'm following a God who knows even when I don't, you know, yeah. um, I think that's what I was going to say earlier. Something I was going to mention was that a lot of times people think of missionary as like the highest calling. And it's, it's like, a, it's glamorous. It's, you know, to everybody who's never done it. Um, it's just this, oh my goodness, you, you know, you're the missionary. And every time we go on stateside, we always joke. We're like, we, we never, ever, ever wanted to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go back to the States and we're like many celebrities. If I can say that without sounding, I, I don't like it. And yeah, so don't hear yeah. me be like, we're many celebrities. No, I cannot stand going to Walmart here. We go to the store. We go to the store here and we are looked at all the time because we are the minority. Our skin's, you know, different color than most people here. Um, And so it's kind of like, all right, we're, you know, animals in a zoo is what what it feels like while we're here because everybody, you know, and it goes the same. We go back to the States and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go to the store because inevitably somebody's going to be like, Hey, how are you? I don't know that person from Adam, but they know me because their church, you know, prays for us or do whatever. And I'm like, I'm thankful. Um, It's just like nerve wracking or whatever. But this idea, though, um, please, uh, honestly, please come say hi and be like, hey, I know you don't know me, but, you know, I know you. That's Mm -hmm. that's super cool. That's fine. And I love that because I love hearing that people are praying for us. But the idea that like being a missionary is like the ultimate calling is how I feel like some people um, perceive it. And it's not like it's not any more, um, I don't know the word, I'm trying to find a word, but I mean, your pastor, your music leader, your Sunday school teacher. I mean, God has mm-hmm. placed specific callings on these people's lives for a reason. And I think it goes back to what you're saying. A lot of people don't realize the impact that they're actually having on the kingdom mm-hmm. because they are obeying God's call where they are in this little church of 50 people. Um, And yet somehow they're simply being there and doing what they're called to do is going to reach hundreds of people in a nation thousands of miles away someday in the future. And so I think it's just encouragement to think this is a global effort. Like, yes, God has callings on our lives, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say that one is better than another or one's more important than another Mm -hmm. because we each have our place and God is going to use each of us where we are to impact the kingdom. And 
I don't know. I hope that's an encouragement for people who are listening that, no, you may not be the one who's boots on the ground, but you're still important. And what you do is important. Um, as long as you're in the will of God, it's, it's going to have an impact in the kingdom. I also wanted to say before it got to the end, someone pointed this out to me as well as missionaries. So if you are one listening, or if you are called to, uh, to be a missionary, you just don't know how or when God will let you know. But, um, (laughs) one thing that they told us is the people back home in America, if you still consider that home, then the people there who are working in nine to five, those are also faithful ones. They're not called to be missionaries, but I think, you know, hearing that you are a celebrity over and over again, that can maybe twist your mind and how you think. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to forget the faithful ones who work a nine to five every day to then give part of that money so you can have electricity, Mm -hmm. so you can have a house to live in. And that reminder, I was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, how sinful of me to not even think about that on my own. And so um, just appreciating them. Mm -hmm. And they're not all, you know, woe is me. You know, some of them, they know that their mission is to stay home and do that. And I just think that, you know, they don't get as much of the attention for that as they, you know, they don't do it for the attention. But I don't think it's talked about enough that, hey, we appreciate you so, so much. You know, taking the time to write out a letter, mm-hmm. taking the time to send a happy birthday card or a Merry Christmas card when you know you're going to miss a few, you know, in America. Or just all you have to say is, hey, I'm thinking about you and praying about you. Yeah. That's all, like, just that text, you know. Just the faithful ones back home that realize, you know, they're not called, but they appreciate the ones who are called. And so as a called one, I appreciate the ones who are not called to be a missionary because they pay for me to be here, you know, and I recognize that. And whenever somebody told me that, I was like, oh, man, how did I not think about that before right now? Because I know where my salary comes from, but I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's super important. Um, And I've talked about that, been in a big room with multiple missionaries to be sent out. Then we talked about it again in our, you know, cars, houses, rooms. I've had so many conversations about this, and so many missionaries feel the same. And so I just didn't also want to, because, you know, we're talking about calling. Mm -hmm. And so some are called to go, some are called to stay home. Mm -hmm. And just because Jesus only called a few to be his 12 disciples, doesn't mean that he couldn't use other people to help them, right. you know. So he used a little boy to feed thousands, yeah. even when his disciples didn't have faith that he could or didn't realize, you know, and questioned how he was going to. So I just thought that was an important topic. That Oh, definitely. I think that is something if you receive, um, some of you know, know who we are, um, and so if you do, and if you receive our emails or any update videos that we do, probably every single time, at least 99.9% of the time in every video or every email that we sent, I always use the words, we appreciate you. And honestly, I don't know how better to convey it. Like I wish it's one of those, like, 
really intense appreciations that if I could just grab you by your shoulders and like shake you and be like, no, no, seriously, I appreciate you because, and it's because of these things. Like this is a global effort. It is not just, we would not be here without the churches who give to support us, without the people who pray for us, without the people who check in on us and say, hey, how can we come and serve short term with you? Because we know you're the only ones out here in a however many hundreds of miles radius, mm-hmm. um, how can we come and be a part of the work there? And so, I don't know. I hope you guys who are listening, I hope you hear that, that we intensely <laughs> appreciate yes. you. Like, we'd want to shake your shoulders and just be like, no, yeah. do you understand how much I appreciate you? Like, oh, yeah. you guys, I know a lot of people say, oh, missionaries are our heroes. You guys at home, you are our heroes. Yeah. Yeah. No lie. Um, I think most anyone that's on the field at least those that I know, would say the same thing. You guys are our heroes because you are the ones who are giving sacrificially. You're um, taking the time to actually pray for us because there are days when we can't pray for ourselves, and yet we know there is some woman in her Bible study group that's going to be like, hey, we're going to pray for them. You guys are holding our ropes. And, yeah, yeah, just like you said a second ago, you may not be called to go, but you're still called to do an important role in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Good topic. Mm-hmm. Are there any other questions or comments? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Good. Cool. We appreciate you guys. Um, We're shaking you by the shoulders. <laughs> We're shaking you by the shoulders. We you very much. Absolutely. All right. Um, you can join us next time, whenever next time is going to be. Um, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next time, <laughs> but I um, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Losing My Culture, and we'll... Catch you next time.